0: to the Aftershock, Jamin Moore, Robert Jonas. We are going to get you going after a Quakes win. Robert, the first one since Leagues Cup at home. Um, the team had struggled to be able to get a victory since the start of Leagues Cup uh, in front of the home crowd. Tonight's as good a time as any. Probably almost couldn't get a better time. Um, and got out to an early lead. You know, give us your just high-level thoughts about uh, this particular game from your perch in the press box tonight.
1: Yeah, the, the 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 literal high level uh, opinion. So, the, you know, you said it. Uh, these Quakes came out in that first twenty minutes, and they look like the team that was sitting, you know, top near top of the conference uh, in in that position. Real Salt Lake is holding a home field advantage, um, and Quakes played like uh, I think they've uh, they've shown it at times this season, especially early on. Uh, this was a, a really good uh, sort of. Uh, again you know statement i think from this team to to you know start the game off very strong and and when even when they, uh, they got the two goal lead you know it didn't feel like real salt lake was suddenly the better team they i think the quakes did let them back into it for parts of the first half and you know an unlucky bounce right to chicho in front of goal and there and they get their goal right before halftime which could have been you know pretty debilitating uh, in terms of morale in terms of you know kind of momentum um and when salt lake came out in that second half really strong it looked like you know they were going to uh, push 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 to try to get the equalizer it was nice to see the earthquakes you know regroup you know start to get some of their own quality possession get a few shots on goal as well and and basically play a professional defensive second half when the, when a moments required it and they see that two to one victory all the way through the second, uh, the second half of this game. Um, that's the kind of blueprint they're going to need to follow to not only uh, get a few, uh, maybe a win or two more to secure that playoff berth, but you can definitely uh, expect that the Quakes will need to play this way if they want to make any noise at all, if they do make the playoffs.
0: Yeah. I think, uh, I think Jesus, you know, got it right. I, I, I feel like the central midfield tonight doing something a bit different with Grueso out on a suspension that he needed to serve. Uh, just so people are aware, uh, players cannot serve a suspension during the international break when they are called in for international duty. And we had that with Jackson Ewell uh, earlier when he had gotten a red card as well. So Grueso, um, you know, needed to serve his suspension tonight. And But I liked it. I like that the Quakes had three players that would were able to be able to help get out of the back tonight, and I felt that by having, uh, you know, Shakiras and um, uh, Montero, you know, a bit higher, that it gave them just a bit more creativity, just a little bit more bite yeah. centrally in the attack, and particularly in the first half, that seemed to really help quite a bit, particularly... You know, as RSL pressed, the Quakes were able to be able to handle that pressure. Uh in the first half, I think they did it well. In the second half, I thought they got a bit jumpy and just kind of let go of the ball a bit too easy, tried for a home run ball. Mm-hmm. You know, because you're behind RSL in the standings, and if you can win by a couple in this game, I think the tiebreakers would it would go in the Quakes' favor and they would have been able to move into six. And they probably knew. A two-goal win was the best outcome here. Um, And so they pressed, I thought, a little bit too hard in the second half and just gave up the ball too easy. And that made it look like RSL controlled the half because RSL was happy to hold on to the ball and try for for their stuff. But the Quakes seemed like they were just letting the ball go and instead of trusting that really quality central midfield that could, could hold on to the ball a bit. What did you see tactically from up high in terms of those three central midfielders and how they fit into this game compared to what they would usually look like with Garezzo?
1: Yeah, you know, it's it's interesting you mentioned that, especially about Nico, because, uh, you know, from, from the press box and even at halftime running into a few of the... Uh, you know, the folks more in charge around here. You know, there were a lot of uh, big smiles when uh, Shakiris's name came up. You know, they really thought he had a a fantastic first half. Your meeting is starting. Please log in. Definitely in the beginning of that first half, you know, he and Jackson were playing higher up, or excuse me, he and uh, Miro were playing higher up, Jackson playing a little further back. I saw it a little more as Nico's drifting back a little bit more, especially after the second goal. There seemed to be a bit more balance in his game, almost playing side by side with Jackson at times and leaving Miro up top. As almost the, the the point of that midfield and especially in the stretches in the second half it seemed to be going that way as well um it's uh that's a that was a professional performance you know, from Nico in terms of, I think, you know, you know, playing to the game, playing to the score and putting in a really good shift, uh, allowing, uh, you know, Lucci to hold on to Jutson until closer to the end of the game. And then, you know, be able to make the transition to a to a formation that was definitely looking to, to see the game out at two to one. So in, in those moments, you know, Nico really shined. He kept his feet moving. He was playing at a speed that I liked. You know, he wasn't sort of waiting for the game. He was kind of taking it to the game. And, and by yeah. that, keeping that activity strong, you know, there were some second balls he got to, there was some, uh, some turnovers that he was able to create in ways that uh, we don't always see the Quakes midfield able to do. And that was something that, uh, you know, kind of put him really high up on my, uh, my own uh, ratings of what I would uh, consider a strong performance.
0: So some comments about Rodriguez, uh, you know, in the uh, chat tonight, Arturo called him man of the match. Finally, Got his goal. I'm pretty sure it's his first of the season. Correct me if I'm wrong on that, Robert. Um, right. I didn't. I didn't double double check that. But he's around so many situations. He's had so many headers that have been missed off of corners and set pieces this year, but came achingly close at times. You know, you got to love the effort. He's always going all out in every situation, and to nick that ball enough to be able to uh, to get it into the net. He gets the game winning goal. Tonight, um, and two assists for, you know, now becoming one of the best players in, in San Jose Earthquake's history, Christian Espinoza, 10 goals, 10 assists on the season, only the fourth Quakes player to do that. But let's talk about Rodriguez because another night where his defense was absolutely stellar, um, in the right place at the right time, clearing balls out of there, and that box in the second half looked a bit muddy. Um, you know, it was brown on the TV around Dan- Danielle's feet, and Rodriguez, you know, had to had to deal with, you know, some pretty lively attacking sequences, you know, in that box. And you know, take nothing away, also from from Jonah Menso, who I thought redeemed himself a bit tonight in his appearance. But it really is the the Rodriguez show back there, right now, isn't it?
1: Yeah, and I, I w- I'm glad you brought up Jonah in that in that uh, statement as well because. You know, it really did feel like Rodriguez was given you know maybe that much more permission to to be aggressive. You know, we saw him make a you know one of his you know classic 60 yard runs and 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 uh, really pull the the Salt Lake defense apart to earn a free kick early in the game. You know, he was able to kind of step into passing lanes at times and and know that Mensa was behind him. Mensa was definitely not trying to play aggressive, and I think that was very much by design. We know he's not the fastest center back. You know, but with with that kind of partnership, it it worked tonight. It really. Looked good, like we saw that again early in the season, and this was the kind of performance that you know, if this had been an April game instead of here in September, I would you know it would have fit right in with some of those early seasons. And I will say, minus the the late goal giveups, which which also plagued this team at times, you know that's uh, I think the improvement that uh, this team made. You know, we'll we'll probably talk more about it as we talk to Lucci, but you know that seemed to be a big strong message within the team this week that you know kind of recapturing what worked early in the year and especially in terms of the energy and, and you know, regaining some of that uh, you know, home field advantage and uh, intensity was, was on display tonight. And again, for a team that you know, was dangerously close to slipping you know, below the playoff line and, 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 and maybe scrapping for the play on game, you know, they've got a little bit more uh, room here to uh, to get their results. And hopefully that'll be something that they can take full advantage of.
0: Yeah, so uh, one of the one of the points here, uh, which was why doesn't Lucci sub sooner on the team look tired in the second half? You know, he did bring on uh, he he did bring on Marie is what it was for Cade, Cade Cowell right around the, what the 60th minute I think it was, which is kind of a typical sub period. Mm-hmm. Um, but he saved more subs. And uh, by the way, good to see Judson back uh, tonight. I believe he came on around the 70. 70- Uh, fifth minute, and then uh, uh, Daniel Muni uh, with another appearance tonight, kind of solidifying the back line and and another late sub there uh, as well from, uh, I think it was uh, uh, Io Akandola if I remember right. Um, But, you know, did you feel that Lucci held on to the subs too long? Did you feel that the Quakes were uh, lagging a bit? Or given what was available tonight, did you feel that what was on the field was strong enough you know, to hold on. I personally would have liked to see uh, Muni come on a bit a bit earlier.
1: Yeah, you know, it's I, I do, too. And I, and I wrote a couple notes here that, uh, you know, there was the, you know, the, the, the play where Danielle makes a perfect save or not a perfect save, but a fingertip save. Rodriguez is able to get ahead on it and Jackson finally clears it. You know, that happened right around sub time. You know, by the 74th minute, you know, I think tired legs sort of finally proved themselves. Uh, Chicho Rango had a, an excellent cross across the box and his teammate headed the ball wide. And what he didn't have quite a, you know, Daniel looked like he might be able to cover a shot, but a good header may have equalized the point at that time. And that's that's when Jusin was getting his instructions. I think, you know, you know, a player coming off a knee surgery, these are his first MLS minutes since uh, that surgery at the beginning of August. You know, you're not going to want to put him in too early and risk any uh, issues uh, and but he put in that uh, that really strong twenty-minute shift if you count the stoppage time, and I think that's exactly what Lucci would uh, would want. You know, in our midweek press conference, he he mentioned and was making progress, didn't say he was one hundred percent necessarily. You know, and uh, but that, that but getting that much out of him in a situation where you needed a defensive stopper, you needed someone in the midfield to clog things up. You know, that's I, th- I imagine a lot of what went into the timing tonight. I will say that I was a bit surprised not to see Muni come in a bit earlier and go back go to the three center backs. That We've seen the team yeah. use to clear, clean. Uh, excuse me, to close out games. You know, that seemed like you might have been holding onto that card a little too long. Um, but uh, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. I suppose it worked tonight. And uh, you know, I don't know if I want to see that every every game. I did almost uh, make point a message out that the Quakes had only made two subs as those two I saw were finally getting ready to come into the game. That would have been pretty tough on this team. They looked like tired legs as they got into uh, that eighty eighty fifth, eighty ninth minute. So. Um, at least uh, the, the subs did what they needed to do. Me made a, a good uh, deflection on a, on a cross into the box in stoppage time. And uh, RSL really didn't have a, any effective shots on goal uh, or their XG was pretty low uh, after uh, Jutson came on the field. And the team settled into that defensive formation.
0: Matt Doyle from MLSsoccer.com, you know, talked about the quakes in his column this week uh, with a comment uh, from a chat he had with Colin Etnayer about Danielle. Mm-hmm. Uh he has, coming into this game, he has the lowest, uh, you know, uh, in effect, uh, expected goals against. Um, so that would only be shots that are on frame, not all shots, but shots on frame. Uh, if you take out the goals and so you you subtract one from the other, uh, Danielle on a per 96 basis, per 96 minutes, Uh, six minutes being the average stoppage time in an MLS game Um, leads the league coming into tonight. Uh, There were 19 shots. I I didn't quite catch how many were on target. If you have that stat handy, feel free to throw it out there, but uh, another very solid performance from Danielle. In fact, made the save on the goal initially. Um, And, uh, and uh, you know, unfortunately for the quakes, uh, the rebound was able to be put in there right before the half But Cat, of course, is going to to remind us how good Daniel has been this season. Like what she saw, uh, Ken says Daniel is so, so good, skeptical the first couple matches of the season. But he's been a huge upgrade and has kept us in many matches, Arturo says, incredibly solid. It's one thing we'll never have to worry about, top three keeper in MLS. And our analysis before the season was exactly that. He, based upon his Brazilian performances He's ought to be able to be a top three keeper in MLS. He's proven to be exactly this. Maybe tonight you give man of the match nod to to Rodriguez because of the goal, plus the defense, but another spectacular performance from Daniel.
1: Yeah, and it's uh, you know, not something you want to take for granted, but it's definitely something you're expecting to see. And and he's really gotten into that rhythm. Yeah, you know, I was thinking the same thing, and kind of half jokingly when I sent that out on Twitter that uh, I'd love to see a little more. Uh, <laughs> you know, how how much uh, would the Quakes be uh, suffering without Daniel in, in goal? And and I'm not nothing against JT, but uh, you know, Daniel has really stepped up the uh, the the consistency of his performances as he settled in. So you mentioned about shots. You know, I think it, uh, the stat sheet she, oh, I could write it right there says you know rsl had seven shots on target and a total of 14 shots from inside the area which is uh, you know many of those are blocked or or, or off target but you know that's a yeah. uh, that's that's a potent offense we know salt lake is kind uh, of put their uh, a lot of eggs in the in the offensive basket this season especially uh, you know trying to uh, to make a di- make a difference and Arango was uh, you know kind of at the top of that and got his goal tonight but hey, if you can give Chicho his one goal and keep everyone else off the scoreboard, you're probably going to get a few wins against the Salt Lake team, given the way they play. And that's uh, that was exactly what the Quakes walked away with tonight.
0: Yeah, more uh, more comments about Daniel. Uh, Daniel um, and of course, Bruno Costa, uh, with his connections to Brazil, uh, did a great job, along with the analytics team. Got a chance to talk with one of the analytics team members back up in Vancouver about Danielle. And uh, how it, how they, uh, you know, were able to go about identifying him and things like that. So a really great combination of scouting and uh, data analytics to be able to identify him, and then just opportunistic, obviously with contract situations. The Quakes had to pay a little bit, but you got to admit, you know, probably uh, worth the price. Calvin says that they gave man of the match to Espinoza two assists. Hard to argue with that. Let's go back to Christian Espinoza again um, you know, now, you know, 10 goals, 10 assists on this season. I believe those assists count secondary MLS hockey assists, um, as I like to say. Um, and, uh, but that's the way MLS does assists. And so 10, 10 goals, 10 assists so far this season, two primary assists tonight, uh, on, on both goals. I mean, what can you say about Christian Espinoza that hasn't already been said? Have you thought of something you could say about him?
1: <laughs> I'd say uh, you know back in the MVP race, baby, because uh, you know this yeah. is exact. This is exactly what we saw at the beginning of the season. The Quakes made that that big jump forward, and and he was get, getting so much attention. I think it was the goals at that point, because goals always get you player the the week honors and that. But you're going to see uh, Espinosa on the uh, you know the team of the week uh, without a doubt. You know that was. Uh, was an incredible performance, and uh, you mentioned the, uh, you know, the double digits goals and assists this year, and uh, you know, the, I'm quoting the MLS communications stat here, which I know you sent to me as well, you know, but that's a, that's a something we've only seen in San Jose uh, back in the very early part of the league. Eric Winalda in the inaugural season, and then Ronald Cerritos and Lawrence Lozano did it the year later in 1997. You know, it hasn't happened since, you know, if of all the players on this team, you know, to get someone with that kind of combination uh, in front of goal being that dangerous with the with the pass as well as the shot has just not happened. And so that puts him in not just that rarefied territory, but in a, in a, in a league that's definitely changed offensively from those early years when uh, everyone got a goal just for showing up. There was no real defense in the league from what I remember <laughs> it's, uh, you know, it's all that much more impressive that, uh, you know, he's been able to, to be the fourth member of San Jose to uh, to reach those ho- lofty heights.
0: Might be just a little bit of a long shot. But if the Quakes were able to just go on a tear here to end the season and they finish top four in the West and Christian Espinoza adds on a couple more goals, at least two or three more assists along the way. You know, in your estimation, what are his chances of being able to get MVP tonight? Dennis Buanga, I believe, had a brace, at least last mm-hmm. I checked, uh, in the LAFC, you know, LA uh, El Trafico game. Um, you know, there's some pretty stiff competition. Haney Mukhtar has had a great season. And, well, there's this guy in Miami that's pretty good as well. <laughs> and while we've only mostly seen him in, in League's Cup games, and he might just be close to winning an Open Cup trophy as well... You know, there's a chance that if Inter Miami finds a way to get into the playoffs at this point, that somehow, you know, he could actually get voted as the MVP. But what do you what do you think about Christian Espinoza's yeah. chances given everyone at the at kind of the top of the MVP
1: table? Because yeah.
0: MLSSoccer.com didn't rate him in their recent article no, as being no.
1: on the shortlist. I appreciate you bringing up Sergio Busquets, too, because you're absolutely right. He's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Been, he's been fantastic in Miami. You know, uh, I, you know, my my number one pick right now, if the season ended today, is Lucho Acosta. That's FC Cincinnati. He, he's he been incredible, you know, goals and assists in a way that Espinosa is kind of a, on the doorstep of those same types of numbers. You know, but uh, Cincinnati at the top of the uh, Supporter Shield race, you know, he, he is the runaway MVP at this moment. So the Quakes uh, would really need, if they had a strong start. Hello,
2: everyone. Thank you for joining tonight's post-game press conference following our 2-1 victory over Real Salt Lake. We will start with questions in Spanish from Paula Marini.
3: Muy buenas noches. Felicitaciones por el resultado.
0: Uh, ¿Cómo se manejó la presión y urgencia? Uh, Prioridades para este juego. ¿Y qué cambios fueron necesarios para la ejecución del plan Eh, de juego para esta noche, muy buenas noches y gracias y felicitaciones por el triunfo.
3: Gracias. ¿Me escuchan? Can you guys hear me? Unmuted. Sí, escuchamos. Okay, Muted. thanks. Eh, sí, tú dijiste la palabra correcta, urgencia. Eh, bueno, la presión se siente siempre en este tiempo, en las temporadas en MLS, porque todos quieren entrar al playoff y todos lo saben muy apretado los puntos eh, cada punto es oro los chicos hablamos esta semana que tener presión es un privilegio porque eh, estamos en una posición para pelear el playoff y significa que hemos trabajado fuerte y estamos en esta posición porque hemos trabajado y, y, y por qué tener miedo en eso, ¿no? Seguir En, en trabajar, seguir creciendo en la confianza y en el fe en nosotros mismos y tener urgencia como enseñamos hoy. Creo que esta primera mitad fue uno de uno los mejores de nuestra temporada eh, y inicia, iniciamos muy bien atacando, defendiendo, presionando y, y muy orgulloso los chicos. También tener un segundo tiempo maduro para manejar los tiempos del juego y, y
1: sacar resultado. We will
2: now take a question from Robert Jonas.
1: Uh, Thank you. and Congratulations, Congratulations. coach. It's, uh, you know, back in the back in three points at home. I know that that was something we talked midweek about the importance of, you know, having a a strong game plan and and coming out strong. And that's exactly what it looked like uh, tonight. You know, those first 20, 25 minutes, you know, this team looked as good as it has all season. Um, and I think also, very importantly, you finished strong. You know, a one-goal lead uh, against a team like Real Salt Lake, you know, the defense uh, and the formation set up nicely. I was hoping you can kind of take us through those game states in terms of how you saw it and how you felt your players reacted to uh, to the moments tonight.
4: Yeah, I was saying in Spanish, I thought it was one of our best first halves of the season uh, with urgency, taking initiative, scoring early, but but pressing early, getting... Pressuring the ball, certain, like circulating the ball quickly. First pass forward when we want it. Uh, attacking their box with urgency, with, with uh, the desire, and putting things on frame. Uh, it's a great first goal. You know, Cade winning the ball, playing forward, j combination with Christian. Um, and the second goal, too, on a set piece, a second phase. Christian staying connected on the second phase and putting it back in, and Rodri finding a way to redirect it. So, like, you know th- that was a great start um yeah unfortunate the, the goal they scored at the end of the the first half a uh, bit of, you know a bit unlucky with Daniel making the save hitting the crossbar and then and then bouncing in um but at the end of the day it's uh it's going into the second half you know we talked about um uh, first half's over and we need to put an effort and a focus to win the second half you know we're not playing the score we're going to play uh to try to win the second half and, you know we did have to defend and and absorb with if ourselves chasing the game but we did create our own chances as well and i like you said i thought we finished strong made some tactical adjustments uh to defend the box and and uh, even create some offensive transitions so proud of the guys uh I've, you could feel their hunger and their energy uh, even before the game and, and and that's what we're capable of tonight um and we got to recover quickly cuz we we want to we want to continue to show our desire uh, against portland
2: Next, we'll go to Titus Wilkerson.
4: Hi, Luchi.
0: Thanks for your time. Um, obviously, you know, last game, guys are given three yellows, took a red, um, had a few more fouls. And obviously here tonight, um, you're able to limit your fouls. So you're given no yellows. How important do you feel like that cleaner play
1: was in helping secure the one here tonight?
4: <laughs> yeah, look, it's we, it's hard because you don't you don't go into a game plan and say, guys, don't get yellows," you know, because you want to, we would need to be aggressive. The game is, is about being aggressive and kind of eithering on that, that fine line of aggressive and under-aggressive and over-aggressive and cards and how those things play out, but um, yeah, we were aggressive, but we were smart, and we controlled emotions, and, and we were tactical about the foul, so like you know, we, we got away with no yellows, which is always important, um, and not getting guys suspended, but but I thought we were still aggressive. We were getting pressure on the ball, and um, and, and so that's that's the most important. Whether we get cards or not, we want to want to be uh, aggressive, you know. But but like you said, game state, not giving away fouls, not giving away silly cards. I thought we did manage that well tonight.
2: Next, we'll go to Jamin Moore. Unmuted.
0: Hey, Lucy. Good to talk to you. Congratulations on the three points. Uh, you know, three three kind of historic uh things that happened tonight. First, first black woman to ever referee an MLS game was your center uh ref tonight. Uh and then also Christian Espinoza uh 10 goals, 10 assists this season. Uh clearly his best, you know, year as a as a Quake. And it hasn't been done since uh, you know, the team was winning trophies back uh back in the early two thousands, I I believe. And also um Uh, Jeremy Obobesey tonight with his goal moves into tied for fourth place in, in uh, Quake's history in terms of goals, you know, just kind of reflecting in terms of the performances of, of those players plus uh, Rodriguez giving his first goal tonight and he's worked so hard all season for one, you know, kind of what stands out to you uh, now that this game has happened. Thanks.
4: Yeah. I mean, those are pretty, pretty cool hallmarks to, to experience tonight, like you mentioned. And, um, you know those aren't the the main you know focus. It's about how can we collectively uh, you know put a performance to as a as a group uh, to to win and compete and win right and and but then those things can happen are a product of our intensity we play with our collectiveness our attacking creativity. So you know congrats uh, to the guys and those those hallmarks that you mentioned um, and let's keep uh, having desire for more. Let's get you know Jabo believing to to get the third most goals let's get uh <clears throat> let's get uh christian continuing to get double double digits and increase that you know and and so um it's all product of the guys working together and believing and you know the most important thing i mean those are things that are certainly things you want to you want to grab and, and accumulate but the most important thing is keep keep staying focused on earning points to to make playoffs and that is and and i felt we showed that desire tonight uh that that we care about that and we want to do we want to take you know we want to take the pressure of all these teams competing so closely for the points for playoffs but show that that it's a privilege we worked hard to earn being in a position to fight for playoffs and we want to treat that as a privilege and, and take advantage of it rather than it uh overwhelming us or showing that it's it's uh you know, oh, no pressure time. Like it's, you know, we, we want to embrace it, have fun with that, enjoy it because we've earned to be in this spot. Now, now let's do our best to to take it to the next step.
2: We'll close with a final question from Ivan.
0: Uh, good evening, Lucci. Today we saw peak attacking Rodriguez, not just with the goal, but with uh, the uh, run that he made prior where he was brought
2: down in the RSL half how do you manage Rodriguez's abilities going
4: forward along with his usual responsibilities defensively? Yeah, that's a good one. Look, he's, he's had a few of those this season where he wins the ball and he drives it forward. Uh, He's a very athletic player. He's actually quite creative when we do small sided games, he scores quite a few goals in that similar way of driving it forward and finishing or combining. So You know, the team's done a good job of adapting to him. Like, as the season's gone on, when he does those, the team does a good job of one of the midfielders stays back or a fullback just to keep organization in shape so we can have positions while we attack him. Um, But, no, we embrace it. It's all good, you know. And, yes, his best position is defending the back line and defending the box and building out of the back. But when when he does that, um, you know, maybe we didn't know how to react to that or organize ourselves early in the season. But I feel like we've got a good balance of, Adapting to that now.
2: Thank you, everyone. We will be back with a earthquakes player momentarily.
4: Good night,
0: y'all. Uh, I'm on mute. Okay, let me take get off here. So, hey, Robert, uh, you know, Lucci, uh, uh, you got you got the first question there, and and, and most of I think the, the the commentary that was useful from from that particular press conference came, you know, from from responses to you. Uh, you know, what did you feel about what you heard from Lucci tonight?
1: Yeah, I, you know, it, it it dovetails, like I said, very nicely with uh, how he described, you know, the, his goals this week with the team. Um, we did, had a ta- chance to talk to Jackson Ewell this week as well. And, you know, when I you know, asked him about what the players were talking about in terms of, you know, their response, you know, the, the point in D.C. was good. You know, you want to get points on the road whenever you can. But the previous homestand was disappointing. And when Tommy Thompson let us know after the L.A. game that he felt L.A. was hungry, hungrier in there, you know, that, that, that stood out. Um, Lucci talked about, you know, wanting his team to be hungry for 90 minutes and not show just spells of, of good play. And um, he, he mentioned that m- multiple times. Uh, I think he was careful not to use the word hungry until the very end of his answer, but urgency and being aggressive in the right moments and making the transitions when we're necessary. All of that is, is, not, is you know, player intuition and player talent. But it's also how the coaching staff sets up the players, and and I think the, together that that team effort uh, came through. Um, and so, you know, the talk that of the talk of the week, you know, became the walk on the weekend, and and that's exactly what you want to see uh, your team do if you're the coach. And, you, you know, the players uh, being able to uh, sort of build that momentum. That seems very important. I think it is. You know, you can kind of learn a lot from games like this, the, the way they responded, and be able to look at the standings and see yourself a little higher than you were when the night began, and believe you can keep doing that. Actually, Jamin, to your question, I thought that was a, you know, kind of a good answer as well. You know, players probably don't sit on their laurels that much in the middle of the season. They probably are going to get it all the way to the end, and then maybe think about it. But, yeah, you know, wh- yeah, why can't, uh, you know, as Spinoza keep that going. If he gets on a roll in these last five games, you know, 10 and 10 becomes 12 and 12 or or who knows how, uh, what the ceiling will be for him. So there's going to be a lot of positives after a big win like this, you know, to be able to catch up to Salt Lake on points. Um, but it, I think it also uh, kind of clearly, you know, kind of you know means that uh, they know there's more to do. And with a game on Wednesday in Portland, with a game next Saturday here back here at PayPal Park, you know, that's got to be uh, you know kind of next on the plan. And so when you when you coach a team for one game, you you always sort of look ahead, even though you don't want your players looking ahead. And I think that's uh, that seemed to come out in what I was hearing from him tonight that they were already kind of looking at that Portland game and they're going to be making any small adjustments they need to with players coming back. That was going to be my follow-up question which we didn't have a chance to ask but right. um you know that's something i'm sure uh you know lucy's already thinking about
0: yeah and the, and the quakes play uh midweek in portland that's going to be a tough one for me to make all the way from up here just because they put it into a midweek maybe we'll be there we'll have to see how that goes um so a couple debates going on in the chat so while we're waiting for a player because we are going to get one and i'm waiting to hear who that will be, unless you've already heard who it's going to be, uh, not yet. Robert. Yeah, not yet. Um, so, uh, Cade Cowell. So tonight, I felt that he really kind of came out and pressed the game early. He created a couple dangerous opportunities. I think he hit side netting on on, on a shot early on mm-hmm. um, and took, took did take a couple early shots. And uh, he did win the ball and passed it to a Bobasi who... Uh, on the Abbvise goal, uh, it went from Abbvise to Espinosa back to Abbvise, and so certainly Cade contributed uh, to that first goal. John Jay's point, which is hard to debate, is that he did very little after that. It, it did feel like he pulled a bit of a disappearing act, at least from the t- television perspective. After that, you know, did did you notice, uh, you know, anything more than uh, than that? To uh, you know, what what are your feelings about Cade Cowell's performance tonight?
1: Yeah, there there was one moment in my notebook I wrote about. Uh, there was an interplay between he and Nico that just didn't work, and you know Shakira's just looked kind of frustrated because of the way the pass was working, just didn't happen, and and Cage just sort of you know, didn't make much of an acknowledgement to it, but he also didn't seem to respond very strongly either. You know, there was one play later uh, in the in his time on the field where he did have a nice drive down the middle of the field and didn't try to take everybody on before passing off uh, over to Christian Espinosa. There wasn't much that kind of materialized in, the, in that offensive effort, but it was an important uh, drive forward at a time when Salt Lake did seem to be having a lot more uh, enjoyment in the Quakes half of the field. But very few. I, I don't have a lot of Cade Cal marks on my sheet here, uh, yeah. you know, other than a couple in the first half. And, you know, I commented in the press box that uh, maybe we're seeing, you know, the, the the new next best thing. And Nico kind of overtake the, the previous next best thing in Cade Cal in terms of effectiveness on the field. Um, and uh, I don't think the Quakes will be bad off for having a, a strong Nico, but uh, it, we... You know, Cade coming out of a national team camp, where sometimes that gives players a boost. You know, there wasn't anything that materialized tonight from the from that experience that he had.
0: Just heard from PR that they are hoping to get Nico, but but uh, they're still working on that. Um, and uh, so let's get into the Nico chat because there are some comments here. People people liked and uh, what they saw from Nico tonight, and he does seem to be finally getting more comfortable. Now that he's gotten you know some more appearances under his belt, I, I thought his earlier uh, starts this season were a bit rough, coming back off of injury, and uh, then going and playing in the uh, in the was it the U17 World Cup, mm-hmm. um, and then uh, or U20 World Cup. Uh, so Nico and Miro are very similar. That's why they work as dual eights. If one can't create chances, the other will. Jackson won't do that. He's a deep-lying playmaker and needs to sit back and hit the long ball. So I think there's two elements, you know, to this particular debate that's been going on in the chat. And I think both of them are interesting ideas. So let's start with the Nico one. Nico Shakiras, at this point, do you think that we need to see more of him and less of uh, Jamiro Montero? Do you see them as interchangeable parts quite yet that uh, you would feel comfortable with Nico getting some starts, assuming that you've got defensively Jackson Yule and Gurezzo there to be able to kind of support him because he's not going to give you what Montero gives you in terms of tracking back and winning balls.
1: Yeah, you know, talking to a few folks who have a a lot more clout around here than I do, um, you know, made it uh, seem to make it very clear that uh, when you have Grayso healthy, Jackson healthy, and and Miro healthy, those are your three starting midfielders. Um, What 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 they what I did hear was, and and I and I can see this point that Nico is you know showed tonight that he can be counted on when he's needed on the field, and so whether you want to make a decision to start him or that you can feel comfortable bringing him in as an earlier sub. You don't have to wait until the 75th, the 80th minute, but maybe you bring him in as that 60 65 minute sub. You know, he showed tonight that uh, you know he can handle that role uh, whether it be replacing Miro, whether it be sort of bringing a second attacking midfielder in so someone like a a Grayso can sort of be the the cleanup man for the for the duo of them. Um that's that's I think uh, where you're probably going to see a little more of the the Nico Shakira's role in these next few games. Um, but if uh, somebody goes down or somebody gets suspended or or otherwise, you know, tonight was a, a really strong point to to make that Nico can be that replacement. Um, so I'm not sure he's going to crack the top three midfield just yet for this team. But I certainly wouldn't feel uncomfortable if he had to start.
0: Yeah. And, and I think uh, what's uh, I think someone mentioned uh, Jack Skane earlier tonight, yeah. you know, with the performances we had seen from Jack, you could also see him battling. For some of that time as well it'll be quite interesting when he's healthy he was listed as out tonight and we don't quite know when he's going to be back Lucci last week had said he was hopeful for this week my guess is if he's out at best he's questionable for Wednesday and more likely uh, for the weekend but high ankle sprains you know can can be troubling things at times um you know people people definitely like he may not be Uh, Nico provides energy, positive energy toward goal. I thought he was one of the reasons that the quakes looked more progressive tonight. Like I said, in the second half too progressive didn't hold the ball enough, but what I did like in the first half was it felt like they held the ball enough attracted with it. And when the opportunity was there, you know, they broke lines and played forward and often Nico was either making that pass or he was on the end of that pass. And I think both of those are very positive things. Um, Uh, Arky says that he'd like to see some more Nico and, uh, and uh, no says, I'm hoping Nico can take the starting job by, uh, by next year. Arturo says, if we can find a way to play Nico with Jack, wow. So yeah, people impressed with Nico's opportunities tonight. Um, You know, I think Nico Chakiris and and Jack Skane would be uh, quite an interesting duo, but You know, what you're not going to see probably is Jackson Ewell being the captain of this team, taking a seat. I think someone suggested maybe he and Gruezo be be competing for the six. That's not really going to happen. But for you, Robert, there's a debate that was going on in the Slack tonight, and you're not in the Slack. But, you know, for you, Jackson Ewell's best position, a deep lying playmaking six. Or do you like him better as kind of a connector, eight for what he does bring as a connector, playing a little bit higher up the pitch? Which do you think is his best position, in your opinion?
1: Yeah, I do like him a bit higher up. Um, I've I've always seen his game modeled after kind of vintage Michael Bradley, with the uh, the ability to stay deep when he needs to, but not being afraid to step into uh, you know into confrontation and 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 breaking lines with passes, not just the long ball, not just the cross field ball. But actually, you know, com- meaningful passes moving forward. You know, it's something that Jackson has spoke about repeatedly when I when I talk to him. You know, almost every preseason about you know what are the goals this year, what are the, what are the statements. You know, it's always a, an you know an incremental move forward in that kind of facet of his game. And when we've seen him, uh, you know, comfortable, you know, a little bit higher up the field when when Carlos is playing at his best, when you know Jutson is playing at his best, you know. He looks very good. He's a late runner into the box. He's had some really nice goals uh, on, on his career, and and I like him playing that higher up. I don't need to play him in, right in front of the center backs, or dare I say, kind of kind of settling in almost like a third center back at times. Uh, he needs to do that at points in a game, but I, I'm not convinced that is his best position. He's good back there. I, I really do think he's good. But if you want to capitalize on what he's best at, I do think you got to get him a little further up the field. Um, he's going to be able. To to play that way uh, with a with a healthy carlos grace so with a, with a, with an engaged carlos grace and so knowing again with jutsen and that's what i also thought was a good mark tonight that he got his minutes uh, first since his surgery that, you know, there's there's a couple guys that can come in and both be defensive if, if, if the game uh, State demands it. So all of that is to say that I want to see Jackson do take that little step further up the field and and be able to break lines in a way that, you know, we've seen at times. And I know that he uh, he works a lot at him training to get better at.
0: Him. Yeah. A uh, question here, should Jackson be playing in Miro's role? And I, I see them as, could Jackson do what Miro does? I think there is some of that in his game i think there's a lot of that in his game actually i do think he is a pretty good defender at this point in his career compared to where he was earlier in his career so could he play do some of the pressing that miro does jamiro montero tonight was sitting at the top of a 4-4-2 defensively for most of the game until they went to three and three uh center backs and jamiro does a lot of the pressing and he and Uh, Jeremy Obobese alternate. I don't personally see though that Jackson Ewell is, would be a very effective presser at the top side by side with whomever the striker is, whether it's Obobese or anyone else. And I don't think that Nico can do the recovery that Miro can do. So while Miro doesn't give for me enough in the attack, replacing him defensively, I think is a taller order.
1: I think that's a good point. And, and, uh, you know, to, to that, you know, uh, I, we don't see Jackson have to play with his back to goal or try to, try to, you know, take 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 a longer ball and 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 kind of take a bit of defensive uh, you know pressure, it, you know Miro does that and Miro does that well enough uh, up the field and and you know in, in the defensive half as well. Something Jackson does much better is receive the ball, turn with the ball, you know, kind of make defenders uh, kind of look like they're chasing ghosts at times. And you know that's not something that uh, you know. Jackson playing back to go like we see Miro do at times not not going to happen so I'm not sure that is a straight swap and in, in a way that uh you know the Quakes can can just use and, and and not have to make some significant adjustments to to the to the way they play that front to that front three so um interesting conversations sure about uh you know who play might play where and that's where I I do think uh you know again it's it's encouraging to come off a three-point game where people you know, folks played the way they they we know they can and put in some good performances and guys that are you know sniffing for minutes like Nico and 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 are, are are shown to be reliable in ways that you know is going to be able to count on them I was actually quite worried uh, in the midweek press conference when I asked about injuries and availability and even lucci seemed to kind of be caught off like well Gosh, he, he felt like he was saying half the team at the time, and it was a pretty thorough, thorough <laughs> yeah. up. Yeah, it was a pretty long update. You know, but uh, you know the guys that needed to step up tonight stepped up tonight, and 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 that's uh, I know something he's going to be able to uh, to 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 work with in these uh, this two game week that we have coming up.
0: Some chatter about uh, Grezzo, uh that he's fallen off as the season's gone on. It is tough to disagree with that. But one of the things that I think everyone should probably consider is that he was having a Bundesliga season now came over and has played, uh, you know, almost an entire MLS season might have to play playoffs. That's a whole year without the time off that most players would get. It feels almost normal that he should have that fall off again. Nice to see Judson back tonight. Does Grewezo need an extended rest?
1: You know, that's a, that's a great question because, you know, the the suspension for today is is not a, like a, it won't end up being a long time because he, he could be on the field by Wednesday. And so, you know, coming off the international break, you know, now, you know, right back into things, um, you know, it's, I, I'm not, I'm not here to say whether people need breaks or not. I think uh, obviously he could certainly benefit from it because I've seen him be a little more lackadaisical in, in, in keeping up with players uh, over the last couple of weeks, especially in the last homestand. You know, but if i if i'm carlos and I, I look at the schedule and i see five games remaining to uh to make a difference um yeah i find the energy that i need to uh to stay in there as much as possible and no player is looking at their their logical sub and thinking oh good i've got cover I, everyone wants to be out there 90 plus minutes i can tell you you know, but uh, for Lucci, that's good because he knows is there to push Carlos not just in training but for game time as well. And I think together that uh, that bodes uh, extremely well for hopefully a motivated Carlos Gray. So showing us that uh, that same mentality we saw in the first couple months um, has he's dropped off, I think, in the intensity um, and that therefore a little bit of the effectiveness that we know that uh, you know is a hallmark of his play.
0: Yeah, and and also the fans pointing out that he did play. In the World Cup, not consistently, he does split minutes with uh, Caicedo there, um, and uh, he. Uh, but he is doing this travel back and forth to South America every time there is an international break. So there is, there is quite a quite a bit, um, and uh, he did get tonight off, and I think that. But that I think that that's hopefully a good thing. I hope it. Hope he gets a, a bit of rest and comes back a bit stronger as a result. But yeah, his season honestly, ideally, would be done. Uh, in in a, in a normal uh, str- uh, stretch here, and uh, he would have um, been able to uh, to be able to do it. We are waiting for Nico Chikiris. Uh So we're really kind of hoping um, that we will get that fairly soon here. So definitely going to try to hang on here as we approach about 45 minutes into the show, and we'll try to get you guys out about an hour in tonight. Any comments on the return of, of Jonah Mensah? I think given given the midweek, so there's two factors here. Given the fact that he was unavailable last week, it just felt like he was in another suspension situation or something like that because the team is clear not being forthright um, about why he's not available. And then Oscar Agron gets recalled on loan, and an announcement happened early this morning that he was recalled on loan from the Colorado Switchbacks, and it just felt to me like oh. You know, Daniel Muni is going to have to start tonight. Oscar Agron is going to have to back him up. Mensa's not going to be available. Beeson's not going to be available. Obviously, Nathan's out for the remainder of the season at this point and can't come back because they're not going to have the cap space, even if he was yeah. um, healthy again. So surprising, Jonah Mensa with a start tonight. Um, were you surprised as much as I was?
1: I was surprised, especially given some of the, uh, the the word choice that Lucci's used in in his last couple of press availabilities. You know, after the DC game, it was a very short, almost a no comment. Um, actually, might have been no comment. Uh, and then even midweek, you know, there wasn't a lot of update other than there will be an update, or or there, he didn't have much to say about it. Is kind of how he said. And so, you know, it felt like, you know, uh, and I think I responded to one of your messages this morning about uh, just felt like Mensa was still on the outs that. you know, if Muni was healthy and ready to go, that he'd probably get the start. And that, you know, Mensu might be an emergency centre-back uh, and, and if necessary, would get the play. And very, may well, may very well have been that. You know, Daniel Muni did get the last five minutes tonight, uh, but had picked up a knock earlier in the week in training. And so wasn't 100% necessarily uh, going into the weekend. He certainly wasn't 100% midweek where he was only about a half training level. And so it might have been a necessity to, to have him in there.
0: All right. We're going now to Nico Shakiris.
2: Hello, everyone. We are joined by midfielder Nico Chakiris after tonight's 2-1 victory over Real Salt Lake. We will start with a question from Jamin Moore.
0: Unmuted. Hey, Nico. Congratulations on the win. And you've been getting a lot more playing time recently since getting healthy and coming back from uh, from the U-20 World Cup. So, you know, how are you feeling right now? You seem like you're hitting your stride, had some really good passes tonight. It felt like there was good chemistry between you and Jackson and Jamiro, particularly in the center of the pitch. Um, Did it feel
2: that way to you as well? Yeah, it did. I mean, I've been happy with the minutes that I've been getting. And, you know, with this playoff push, it's important for us to to stay as a group. But, you know, I've been happy and, you know, the group has done well. And tonight was a big win for us. So we look to to continue that uh, within these next few games. But listen, the chemistry, you know, with guys coming on the field, you know, new starters, it's all it's all been healthy and it's all been positive. So we're looking to take that into our next five games here next we'll go to robert jonas
1: yeah congrats congrats, uh, congrats, again getting a getting a win like that you know, the coach talked about the uh, the sense of urgency, a little more aggressiveness in this game and it was uh, something that I had asked your captain Jackson Ewell midweek about you know the team not necessarily showing as much hunger as it felt like it needed you know given the situation given the given the playoff uh, race that's going on in the Western Conference. What was your mentality and and what was the team talk like you know leading off this game in terms of the types of performance that that you and and, the, and your teammates were hoping to put out tonight against Salt Lake?
2: Sure. No, I mean, this week, it was important week for us, you know, especially these next five games, we'll take all the points we can get. And especially at home, we want to, we want to perform and get our three points. So that, that was important for us coming into this week. Um, you know, guys coming back from national team and, you know, it was important for us to, to take in what Lucci wanted us to do. And and I think we had uh good momentum coming from last week, uh, you know, a tie in DC uh, and then three points again tonight at home. So, you know, we're we're excited, and I feel like we're getting our momentum back as a group uh, to make this push. Next, we'll go to Ivan.
0: Good
1: evening, Nico. So next up, you've got the
0: Portland Timbers midweek over in Portland, an opportunity for redemption now with
2: some momentum. What are your thoughts going into that match with a bit of a busy week coming up? Of course. No, these, these next few games, like I said, are really important. Um and you know, us not having gotten any points in Portland, it's it's a big week for us and you know, a midweek game and then Nashville the following. But um, you know, we're excited, we're ready to go. And like I said before, I feel like we're finding our rhythm again, which is which is important coming into these next five games. And you know, we have Portland next and we hope to to continue that run. We'll take a follow-up from Jamin Moore.
0: Unmuted. Hey, Nico. So, you know, with Carlos Gruezo unavailable tonight, clearly that opens opens the door for you to be able to get the start like you did tonight. Uh, But on a typical basis, it seems like with Jackson as the captain that your minutes are largely going to come, you know, from uh, being able to sub on for, you know, Jamiro Montero and such. He's obviously got a very high defensive work rate. You know, he tracks back defensively, but you also bring a bit of punch on the offensive side as well. What do you see as kind of like, You know, your pluses that uh, when you're on the pitch, it's something that's unique that uh, Nico Chakiris can can provide that, uh, you know, the other players who play in the central midfield, you know, maybe don't have the same skills that you have. Thanks. Muted.
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't want to talk too much about that, but I feel like we all bring different qualities, and I think it's important then, you know, to have that kind of structure, flexibility that we have. In the midfield, I think is really important. So I feel like every player, you know, has has something special that they bring. Um, but you know, with the minutes that that are given, you got to make the most of them. Whether it's eighty minutes like tonight, or you know, maybe ten minutes next weekend. But um, like I said, the flexibility that we have in the midfield, and every guy brings a different different role and, and responsibility. Uh, so I think it's we got it, We got a good thing going right now. And we'll close with a final question from Robert Jonas.
1: Um, I did want to kind of follow up, especially uh, on that, uh, you know, the midfield pairings tonight. did you did you have any instructions in terms of you know your sort of level of play uh, or level on the field that you were were playing tonight? It seemed like there was a lot more sort of aggression in, in the in the first half to be a higher up the field to be you know kind of than you know, a little more of a passive playmaker, you know, a lot of energy. And then we saw you kind of looked like you were dropping back a little bit more to help when the when the when, you, when the team held the lead. What what was sort of the instruction that uh, you were following and, and, and trying to play to tonight?
2: You know whenever you're at home you want to make the most of it and that first 15 20 minutes that we had we were we were strong and uh we felt like we had them and you know we got two goals from it and we wanted to continue that <clears throat> so uh i think it was important and the group was flying you know we were playing well and we were, we were going at them which i think was important for for our momentum and to get the crowd going behind us and yeah i mean listen as as the game went on you got to you got to read the game a little bit and and that's just kind of what we did as a group. Um, and ultimately got our three points, which is most important. Thank you everyone. That concludes tonight's post-game press conference.
0: All right. Okay. So, um, a little bit from Nico Shakiris and, uh, you know, back in the Almeida days, they never would have let us talk to uh, someone, uh, his age. So, uh, I think it is, it is nice that, uh, that the young players get a little bit more trust to be able to talk with us from time to time. What did you pick up, you know, from Nico's comments, Robert?
1: Yeah, I think uh, he, uh, you know, is very wise behind beyond his years at times. There, <laughs> he wasn't willing to uh, divulge too much about, you know, where where he feels his strengths are, or maybe what uh, the coaching staff is providing as his strengths. And all credit to him for that. But uh, he he was very clear about, you know, the, you know what he felt uh, the team was able to do tonight. And I, and I think that you know the the ability to you know respond in a way that you know wasn't it wasn't a loss last weekend against dc you know again a point on the road can can really uh, kind of make for a pretty good flight home especially when you're coming cross country um, but that you know the the team responded and he was able to respond and take in, take the moment. I love that he said they were flying out there to start the game. I mean that's something you know and you know if you're a teenager you're you're always flying. Out, you know that's uh, <laughs> doesn't matter what part of your your life's going on. And that and I and I and I think that energy is something that you know can be infectious for players around you. And and you know when when you can when you see your feet uh, are constantly in motion like that and and you're disrupting play and then keeping the you know, the ball moving forward. you know, Guys are going to feed off of that. You know, I, I think he's in a really good uh, you know, mindset right now in terms of you know, knowing when his opportunities are, are going to be there. That he's not going to suddenly become the, the everyday starter, um, but that he feels very hungry to, to, to take advantage of that. Uh, and, and, and tonight was a good example of that. You know, with a pretty significant playoff push. You know, the four Western Conference opponents that they will face are all in that little bit of a zone. You know trying to get the points necessary to stay above the line, or maybe, you know, get above the line, you know, to, to know that he's aware of, you know, that importance is, is also, I think a very good uh, sign for, for a youngster to, 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 to not uh, take it for granted and and put everything in that he can.
0: Kat would like everyone to go to Portland. Um, So I will try to be there. Okay. I I will do what I can. I will, uh, it's, you know, it's a couple hours on a Wednesday night after work. So, we will do what we can. Uh, we will we will try 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 to be there. But uh, you know, if uh, if you're in the Pacific Northwest or, you know, upper upper you know California, you know, you know try to try to make it. That's an important <laughs> game coming up. So with that in mind, um, right now Kent is Kent has some concerns. He said difficult remaining four games. Actually, it's five. Uh, Portland versus Nashville at Minnesota at Dallas and then home decision austin. day against austin so we continue playing a low block i'm not sure we can keep above the playoff line if and play more like tonight better well kent let's take a look at these mls standings why don't we so give me a second here i'm going to pull this Share up
1: screen nice. yeah
0: let's let's have a let's have a conversation about the playoff line robert mm-hmm. all right so uh is there what can i can i blow this up a little bit and zoom in more is that is that more readable Yeah, a little bit more readable. Okay, great. So so the Quakes right now, so look at the playoff line right now, Sporting Kansas City on the edge with 35 points. So um, our model has predicted that the playoff line is most likely going to be 43 or 44. It's quite possible that it could extend to 45 if this area of the table starts picking up more points than they have throughout the uh, the season to date at a faster rate of We start seeing more wins out of like four through 10 or something like that. It could go to four to 45 points. Unlikely, but more likely to be 44, 43 or 44 points. Um, And so Sporting Kansas City, just to get to, let's say, 44 points, needs nine more points. The Quakes, as we said before, need a couple wins and maybe a couple draws. And they got the draw last week against D.C. United, a, a win tonight. One more win, one more draw would get them to 44 points. Robert, they are sitting seventh right now. If you would have said, hey, five games left on the table, sitting seventh, nine playoff places before the season started, what would you think about the San Jose Earthquakes if they were sitting, if you knew that they were going to sit in the seventh position with five games to play and had a couple home games uh, in hand?
1: Yeah, I would have said the Lucci experiment will seem to be on track. And, and this will be exactly what you'd want out of the first year with, with him uh, really in charge of, of the proceedings. You know, with, uh, with what we've seen the team being able to do and uh, knowing that a core of this group you know, were playing almost playoff level soccer for a spell last year, you know, I think this is pretty reasonable to see where they are right now. And, um, you know, I think they're also in a pretty good position, whereas, you know, we were thinking maybe if things uh, continue to break their way, they could maybe host that uh, that playoff round, that first playoff round. Um, that's still in striking distance. In fact, you know, you've got a two for one opportunity on Wednesday to essentially end Portland's season if you can get a win on the road, and which is I'm not sure of everyone in Portland that I can remember. But, you know, there you go. That's that's something uh, to, uh, if that doesn't drive the urgency or the hungry uh, hunger, then then I don't know what would. But uh, that, that, that is a position that I would have taken. I'll just say it that way. You know, given, given the first year of Lucci in charge, you know, this, this is about where you would want to see the results show that he had, he had a firm grasp on this, uh, this, this team, this organization, and uh, that maybe even sunnier days were ahead.
0: So Nashville at home, that's you, normally you would look at Nashville and go like, oh man, Nashville at home. That's really not the home game we would like like to see on the schedule. That said, the Earthquakes this year have done extremely well at home against teams at the top of the table. LAFC, they've done, they did well against Seattle. They did well against, one against both games against Seattle, but including the home game. They beat Philadelphia. At home. The only top of the table loss really was St. Louis. Um, You know, they beat now Vancouver sitting in fourth uh, at home. They beat Houston at home. They beat Real Salt Lake at home. Everyone above them in the Western Conference, except for St. Louis, uh, is a team that they have uh, won at home this year. If we take a look over in the East, Nashville is actually sitting in seventh, Mm -hmm. they have 40 points. People go like Nashville is a really difficult team, but yet they have the same number of points as the earthquakes do right now. Not the same Nashville that we saw in the Western conference last year. You know, Robert, they look pretty good in Leagues Cup. What do you think?
1: Yeah, and I think that's the key. You know, if you if you think to their Leagues Cup run, you know, they look fantastic, you know, falling in the final uh, to Miami. You know, but if you look at the MLS calendar, you know, they they really only have one win uh since the start of july i think uh they've they beat uh one of the dc it might have been the team they beat but they really haven't put together much in league play for months and you know a, a team that doesn't have a you know they have the mvp in honey Mukhtar, sure but uh, they don't have a lot of scoring punch otherwise and that, that feels like a team that probably will come in and bunker and look for their chances, not a team that's going to be aggressive. And so it'll be very interesting to see how the Quakes energy uh, holds up for Saturday's game on a team that's traveling a long way and maybe not looking at it as uh, you know the, a full effort game, especially on the road. Um, that that feels like a good recipe for the Quakes to, to step up and again, you know, you know kind of show the same kind of urgency they played the, the beginning of this game with. Um, I don't think they should be afraid of Nashville. I don't think they're 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 good, but uh, they're not a team that's going to uh, you know dominate you, especially defensively, like they were last year.
0: It's not like Cincinnati's coming in, uh, no. you know. Uh, given that, actually, it would worry me. <laughs> probably a really good time to face New England uh, as they uh, they went they went in and, and laid a laid a stinker tonight uh, in Colorado. So kudos to the Rapids for for finally getting another win. But uh, yeah, New England, uh, you know, what can you say about what's going on in New England right now? I don't really don't want to get into that. So Robert, uh, final thoughts tonight, uh, as we go around first, uh, we have, uh, by the way, uh, picked up a couple uh, patrons more recently. Thank you to our brand new patrons. We really do appreciate that. We know we're not uh, putting out a lot of written content. Robert and I have talked about this. It's very difficult, you know, I think in our, our current lives to, uh, to find the time to do written content. We'd much rather get on here and interact with all of you and be able to talk this way. I think it's just better better for us and better for the fans in general. But if you enjoy what we do, if you like us, and in the event that we ever write another article again, which I probably will do in the offseason, um, you know, and you, you want to get early access to that, check out our Patreon for $2. You get into that. But our most popular feature is $5. You get into the Patreon Slack. Those of you who are brand new, hopefully you made it into the game uh, chat channel tonight if you have trouble finding channels and things like that. And uh, by the way, you got, got a lot of new new, new channels now. So uh, uh, wrestling, if you're into that, there's a wrestling channel. There's a, a geek culture. People want to talk Star Wars or Star Trek or whatever else geek-type things you want to talk about. We've got a new geek culture channel. So it's not just Quicks it's not just soccer. Uh, there is other stuff going on in the Slack. So if you want to interact with other Quakes fans who are just as nervous as you in a two-to-one nail-biter at PayPal Park um, and or what you want to commiserate with after a tough loss, uh, it's a great place to be able to hang out. $5 a month gets you in. If you've got a lot of money and you just want to throw it at us, uh, $15 a month is our top tier and uh, we greatly appreciate that. The hope is, that we will be able to use that for for instance uh travel to portland it helps cover gas if we still have an overnight stay it helps cover things like that also helps cover our costs so some brand new equipment uh for those who saw us after the cali classico we were on the pitch we had had you know basically like um the lapel mics and things like that going on that is brand new equipment that does not happen without all of you um, that is very good equipment, actually, high qual- even higher quality than we used to have back in Black of the Soul, and that was some pretty good stuff too. Um, so, uh, thanks to our patrons, we were able to procure that type of equipment. We'd love to be back on the pitch for Decision Day and uh, and hopefully for uh, home playoff games, maybe even a away playoff game, if the uh, budget is there. So, your contributions help us be able to do that. So, first, thank you to all of uh, all of the patrons and, uh, and uh, everyone you know, who um, is also reminding everyone also to like, subscribe, notify. The more likes we get, the more the aftershock will get exposed on YouTube to uh, people who uh, uh, might be searching for MLS and, uh, and related content. And um, yeah, a lot of people saying it's $5 a month is totally worth uh, the patron level and also, too, we need to get your subscriptions. If you do not subscribe, our ask is go subscribe with every single YouTube account you have. I have like three of them myself. I subscribe on all of them. Why? Because when we get to 1,000, you get some new cool stuff that you will be able uh, to use. So uh, we try to bring a very high level of discussion. That's not just us, by the way. That is actually you. Um, I think that the fans who are there are very educated fans. If you consider yourself an educated fan and want to to uh, discuss it, the games uh, and everything that goes on during the week with other educated fans. Again, uh, you can get into the, the Patreon to be a part of that. And if you can't afford it, then that's great. Give us a subscribe, give us a like, turn on the notifications. So, you know, that's right. Jaymore one, Jaymore two, Jaymore three, as Kat <laughs> says, uh, she's got many accounts. I know email addresses are free. Absolutely true. Okay. Robert, final thoughts on the night Uh, as the Quakes win at PayPal Park. You're still there. The stadium is cleared out. You will probably be the last person out of the building that is not uh, cleaning up the trash that's left behind. You know, give us your final thoughts on the win tonight.
1: Absolutely. You know, going into the game, going into the week, you know, it was like you said, you know, for the Quakes to make the playoffs, there they were some, some, some games, some results they needed to get. And getting a couple of wins was, was going to be key, whoever those wins came against. Um, being able to do it at home against Salt Lake, a team that was sitting above them in the playoffs, probably feeling pretty comfortable just a few weeks ago you know, I, I think, uh, you know, is a, is a huge momentum uh, swing. And, and Nico talked about that, knowing that, you know, they beat a team that, you know, a lot of folks were pegging as a, as a sort of a dark horse to, to be uh, to be strong in the West. Maybe it's those earthquakes now that can beat that dark horse. And um, I'll say it again, if they can, you know, make, make the miracle happen in Portland and, and basically you accomplish two things, one, probably giving them the points that gives them a playoff spot. And number two, you know, finally ending Portland's uh, season for good, you know, that that's going to make for a great week and they can do whatever they want against Nashville at that point. Uh, but I'll be here to enjoy that one. Um, and uh, hopefully everyone will be here as well.
0: All right. And more people talking about uh, making sure that you get into the slack so you can hear their rants, <laughs> All the rants during the yes. game. That, that is why you want to be there. Is to hear Jesus' uh, uh, rants. Um, yeah. So, you know, for me again, you know, I'm looking for at least two wins, which is what I've been saying. Um, I think the two wins, maybe also a draw uh, is likely to get them into the playoffs. feels very good at this point. We'll have to see how tonight's results, a lot of draws by the way, that day basically takes points out of the pool. That means the playoff line is more likely now to be a 43-44. Coming into the night, you might have have might have been a 45, but now those points are gone. And uh, so you know one more win would put the quakes in good position. Um, but they'll need to probably get a point somewhere else to be able to get to 44, I think two wins, uh, you know, hold on to seventh, make sure you get a couple, uh, make sure you get at least the one good home playoff game. Uh, and, uh, so we have, uh, you know, hopefully at least three playoff games from the quakes this year, which would be the most in quite some time, Robert. Uh, if they're able to do that. So if they can,
1: they can. That's right. So let's make seven, seven, is a new goal. No play in game chance. Uh, that's right. Roll, roll the dice here. Let's that's make, right. Let's that's seven. right.
0: No, no play in game. We don't want to be on, on decision day. We want it to be about which playoff position. There we go. Not about there being a playoff position. I, like I think that. that's, that's the right approach here. Right. Arturo says, I think we're taking three points this week. Two opportunities, Portland on Wednesday nashville on is it a saturday game saturday, probably yeah. a saturday game so um yeah so nashville on saturday so of course we will be here with the aftershock whether i can make it to portland or not there will be a show for you midweek so uh looking forward to that alex morgan tonight on assignment as we like to say i believe he will be back uh midweek uh for the aftershock but i, I guess i gotta check i guess i gotta text alex and see Fine. see if he will be back but he has been Doing some travel, some last gasp uh, summer travel uh, for Alex, and so we wish him well and hope he's gotten a nice little break. Uh, Robert, any uh, anything else to, to add before we uh, close the show for the night?
1: Nope. Uh, let's uh, let's keep those positive thoughts going into uh, what could be uh, another th- six points uh, if they can get uh, both these results. And 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 I'm going to be the I'm going to you know kind of ride along with Nico on the momentum train and and look for this team to come out again with that same sense of urgency on Wednesday night.
0: All right. Thanks for joining me tonight. Thanks for being at the stadium and uh, fans. If you are on the road driving, still getting back from the game, please drive safe and we will have you again on the aftershock on Wednesday. Take care. Have a good rest of your night.